Cascade Hoop Talk, Billy D. Join us on Twitter, Cascade Hoop Talk, Facebook, Cascade Hoop Talk. Today we're joined by head coach Todd Lawrenson from Mount Marty, the Lancers, out of the G-Pack. Coach Lawrenson uh, had a great career over at uh, Southwestern Community College, building a, a national power at that level. Coach Lawrenson also was a head coach at Iowa Wesleyan for a year, and he did stints as an assistant coach at Truman State University in Nebraska, Omaha, and Grandview University. He played basketball at uh, Grandview University, and he holds a bachelor's degree in business administration and a master's in business from Bellevue University. We're excited to have Coach Lawrenson on, and we'll be back in just 30 seconds. Cascade Hoops Talk, Billy D., Join us on Twitter, Cascade Hoop Talk. Join us on Facebook, Cascade Hoop Talk. We're here today with Coach Todd Lawrenson, Mount Marty Lancers. Uh, they're in the G-Pack. They were picked last in the preseason poll, but they've started 6-2. and two. They did lose a tough one over at Northwestern in Orange City the other night, but they uh, no one expected them to be 6-2 and two at this point. So, Coach Lawrenson, welcome to the show. Hey, Bill, I appreciate you having me on. I'm excited to talk about uh, our basketball program, uh, the GPAC conference, and just the NAI level in general. You know, Coach, as I said, last in the GPAC, you start 6-2. and two. I, in my last Top 25 show, I chose you as my surprise team of the preseason. You, as I said, you lost that heartbreaker in Orange City, but still a good start to the season. Are the Lancers where you thought they would be? What have been the preseason surprises for you? Yeah, I mean, first off, I appreciate the recognition. I'm proud of uh, where we've gotten to at this point. You know, uh, just looking at the GPAC though, over the last, you know, six, seven, eight years or even ten years, I, I certainly understand why we were picked where we were picked. I mean, um, it makes sense if I'm a coach just trying to do some of those preseason polls that none of us take a ton of stock in. So, uh, um, obviously not a, not offended by any of that stuff, but also tried to use it as a little bit of a motivating factor for our players and our team. And um, I've used the term from the time we uh, kind of put this recruiting class together that I was cautiously optimistic um, that we could be a really good team in year one. And, and that's hard because there's just so many variables uh, with me being new uh, to even the returning players, you know, a lot of new faces with the transfers we brought in coming in and trying to mesh those personalities and, and basketball skill sets together to find out what the best groups are and the best way to try to play. So we're still working through some of those things. Um, so I, I really do anticipate us being kind of a work in progress throughout the year. I mean, I know every team is, but probably even us at a more extreme level, just because everything is new as I reference. But uh, to, to be sitting here at six and two, obviously as a coach, you want to win every basketball game that you play. Um, but at the same time, I think we have to feel pretty good about where we are going that we have a tough task every night out in the GPAC, and we have to continue to get better uh, if we want to continue to have success uh, in the GPAC conference. Well, I did notice you had – it looks like you've shuffled your starting lineup a little bit. You have a couple of uh, key players that start for you. It, look like, it looks like you've been shuffling it just a bit, and we'll talk about this year's team in a minute, but I'd like to talk about your coaching career. You've had a pretty successful coaching career, particularly at Southwestern Community College. You've held a other, couple other coach, head coaching positions – could you just talk about particularly there at Southwestern and then as well, you know, what in your career brought you to Mount Marty? Just talk about your journey. Yeah, you know, I grew up the son of a high school coach. My dad is actually still coaching at the high school level going on 40 years in the state of Iowa. So basketball is what I've, what I've known and loved for a very long time. I was fortunate enough to play for a great college coach in Dennis Schaefer at Grandview University, another NAI program, and then worked for other really good guys at Darren Hanson at the University of Nebraska-Omaha 
Matt Woodley at Truman State University, who is a Tony Bennett disciple. Um, so those guys really helped me become a better coach uh, from having been around them for six or seven years as an assistant. You know, you're never fully prepared to be a head coach, but at some point in time, you just got to take that dive and kind of learn from some of your mistakes. And uh, when I got to Southwestern, uh, it was a program that had really struggled over the previous six or seven years. And um, at the JUCO level, I think it's uh, not easier, but it's more realistic to kind of flip the switch and churn it in a quicker fashion just because um, the freshmen are only one year younger than the veteran guys at the JUCO level, whereas the four-year level, your freshmen that are coming in, they're going to have a a couple years of learning curve, not only – just from the speed of the game, but the physicality and whatnot. Um, but at Southwestern, we, we were just fortunate to get a turn right away. We had guys that took a chance on a program and a coach that were certainly unproven, and uh, we found a way to have a good year in year one with the 23-10 and 10 record, which we parlayed into uh, a conference championship and a, the, the most wins in um, program history in year two at 25-6. and six. And, you know, the league I feel uh, that we were in at Southwestern is the premier Division II JUCO league in the nation. We that league has won three of the last four national titles uh, at the JUCO Division II level. And so in year three, um, you know, we were excited about our group. We had a couple of all-conference guys coming back. We're fortunate enough to get a couple of uh, really key transfers to come in for their sophomore years. And uh, when it was all said and done, we put together a great season, went 36-1 and and won a national championship. And I was really obviously proud of that season. That makes sense. We had a great year. Um, but to be able to bounce back the next year after losing – I forget the percentages, Bill, but it had to be like 90% of our rebounding, 80% mm-hmm. of our scoring, or maybe oh, more, um, our top eight guys. Uh, and then the next year we bounced back, rebuilt the, the system right away with some new players and um, went 29-8 and eight and finished third place in the nation. So that, that was a great season as well. And um, then from there moved down to the four-year level. And Mount Marty just had a ton of appeal. Um, even at Truman State when I worked for Matt Woodley as an assistant, that was a program that had really struggled. And in year three, we won 20 games there. So I thought having been an assistant that was part of a takeover of a program that had struggled and found a way to get it going as a head coach at the JUCO level, taking over a program that had struggled and found a way to get it going, I just felt Mount Marty had a lot of similarities to those two situations uh, to where there were a lot of really good things to work with. There was a good standard that was starting to be set with the previous staff. And then if we could just come in and continue to grow and build on what they had already done, hopefully get a couple of the transfers, which I feel we did, and uh, potentially find a way to to make some inroads in the key package here, number one. Well, if you can turn around programs, you'll definitely have a long career, Coach. Hey, I want to ask you about that 36-1 and season. In a 36-1 and run, how many of those 36 wins were bounces at the end that went your way? Um, you know, it's it's funny you ask that because there, there really weren't any. Uh, there wow. was the one loss. We were down by three, or excuse me, we were down by two um, at Kirkwood, which is a traditional power. They've won two of the last four national titles at that level. Uh, and we had a kid get an offensive rebound put back to tie the game with seven or eight seconds left. And then they hit a contested three at the buzzer to beat us by three. But uh, other than that, there, there were no game-winning shots. There were no, hey, we're down two with four seconds left and we have to run the home run play and tap it, not going to three to run off as a buzzer beater. We were just a... You know, it's one of those, I hope we find a way to, to have a team like that again at some point in my career, but we practiced really well on a daily basis. We had some tough dudes who were also really good players. It was just kind of that, um, you know, I hope it's not once in a lifetime, but it's potential that it could be one of those once in a lifetime groups to where we were just extremely focused, extremely talented, and, and had a group that was fun to be around every day. 
Wow, it must must have been a dominant team if you if if you never had those type of games. That's that's amazing. Thirty six and one. Yeah, I mean in the national Go national ahead. championship we won uh we, we won the national championship by twenty four points against oh the team goodness. that came in like thirty two and four to give you an idea of how dominant that group was. Well that must have been enjoyable. I'm not sure you're gonna get that again, but uh you still should be very proud of it. So you had a successful playing career too. You played at tell us where you played basketball. I played at Grandview uh, University at the time. It was Grandview College for Dennis Schaefer. It was uh, in the Midwest Classic Conference, which is no longer um, a league. It disbanded as a couple teams, um, went to the NCAA Division Three level. and A lot of the teams have ended up in the heart of America. It was Grandview, William Penn, St. Ambrose, okay. um, Iowa Wesleyan was NAI at the time, the Turbo, uh, and Mount Mercy were, were the teams that I – and Waldorf was in the league uh, prior to switching to the North Star. So – um, it was a different league than, than anybody would know over CIA right now, but I got a chance to play for a great coach in Dennis Schaefer. And, you know, if you shoot the ball enough times, at some point you're going to score some baskets, and I was a, a testament to that. <laughs> you know, based on your playing career, your years as a coach, all the different people you've had the opportunity to work with, n- now what is your basketball philosophy? Talk about your basketball philosophy and then how that translates into you building a team. What do you look for when you build a team? Yeah, I mean, I think your your philosophy as a coach has to always be ever-evolving. And I think being at the four-year level, especially uh, in the GPAC, where there's so many guys who are elite catch-and-shoot players, we've really had to evolve by mindset. You know, we've always played kind of, uh, oh, not the pack as you would see it with Virginia, but a lot of, of gap principles. Um, you know, we're, we're going to really build our half-court man-to-man defense, and then as the season goes on, potentially look to some other options, whether that's pressuring a little more in the half-court or pressuring a little bit, uh, you know, even at the 94-feet um, level. Uh, but at the same time, you have to have some of your core concepts. You know, we really want to um, give our players a ton of freedom on the offensive end. We, we coach a lot of good shot, bad shot, and a good shot for you, Bill, might be different than a good shot for me. Not all shots are created equal uh, in a team. But on the flip side, you know, defensively, we want to be really specific in the things that we try to do. And I think it's a it's a fair trade with our guys as long as we can get them to to commit to trying to play the way that we're wanting to play on both ends of the floor. We want to let our players have as much freedom as possible within our um, system. Coach, you've come to Mount Marty. You've put together a team. They've been successful so far. Let's let's talk about this team. You have a couple of guys that really make this team go. They're both transfers. Chris King out of Des Moines, Iowa, and Jordan Jordan Johnson also out of Des Moines, Iowa. Uh, can you talk about these two seniors? Yeah, absolutely. You know, Jordan and I have a, a history together. He was the starting guard for us on our national championship team and a first-team All-American at the junior college level prior to uh, signing at Kentucky Wesleyan College. And then uh, when I was fortunate enough to get the job here at Mount Marty, he was uh, deciding to leave uh, the Division II level, and we thought uh, we'd try to get the band back together a little bit. But he... Uh, he hasn't uh, scored the ball as well as we thought he might to this point. Uh, he was coming off a meniscus injury, so he, he missed our first couple of weeks of activity and had been out for six weeks. It takes time uh, to get back in the flow of things. We're starting to see the light turn back on at, a, at the level we were hoping and expecting here in the last couple of weeks. But even through that, you know, he's our team leader in assists per game. Uh, he really takes care of the basketball, uh, leads our team in steals. He's one of our better on-ball defenders, so he brings a lot of value that doesn't necessarily show up in the stat sheet every night. And then uh, Chris King, who was a, a childhood friend of Jordan's at, uh, in the Des Moines area, had recruited him out of high school and he ended up going to Northwest Missouri State, 
and then when he left Northwest, I tried to recruit him at the junior college level, and he went to our rival school. So I was joking with him uh, a couple of different times just how, how enjoyable it is to be able to coach him as opposed to trying to defend him because he's a tough guard. Um, uh, but he's really scoring the ball at a high level. He's efficient. You know, he's almost 50% from the field, 40% from the arc. Uh, around 80% from the foul line. So he's a guy that uh, can score the ball at all three levels. Uh, he's really good off the bounce, uh, but he's a tremendous passer as well. Uh, he finds guys that, you know, even as a coach, like, wow, how did he get that pass to that guy? Always on the money to where they can catch and shoot or make whatever play that they need to make. So we're, we're really excited to have those two guys on our side. Another another guy who was there last year, uh, Colby Johnson, he's also a senior. He's out of Denver, Colorado. Yeah, you know, Col- Colby um, uh, had a really good statistical year last year as a junior, and uh, him and another young man by the name of Jalen Billings really had to burden the scoring load night in and night out for the team. And, and that's tough to do. When, when you come into a game knowing that two different guys need to probably score 18 to 20 uh, for your team to have a realistic chance to win the game, that, that's hard to expect out of a guy. And I think this year, you know, when you talk about Chris and Jordan, who we already have, it allows Colby to play with just a much freer mind. You know, like, hey, if tonight's my night and I'm playing well and, I'm, and I've got the matchup that I need, I'm going to be ultra-aggressive and score the ball at an official level. But if for some reason uh, either the matchup isn't going well or I'm just not making the shots that I normally make, it's not like we have to have him score the 20 to 25 to be able to win basketball games. But uh, him, we talked about efficiency with Chris. Um, Colby's taking that to another level. He's shooting 56% from the field and 45% from the arc. He rebounds well for a guard at over five rebounds a game. Um, so we're just really excited that, uh, that he's continued to be here, uh, even as uh, you know when we got the new staff here, a lot of turnover, a lot of change. Uh, we're, we're just thankful that he committed to us, and we're expecting him to continue to have a, a great senior year for us. And, Todd, you have a forward, 6'4 forward from Rockford, Illinois, Elijah Pappas, who's done well for you. Yeah, Elijah's been a nice addition. You know, he's uh, he's about six two, so he's not the uh, the biggest or tallest guy in the world, but he can defend multiple positions. You know, there's times that he's guarding the five man, even if that guy's six six and six seven, and he does a really good job of using his body and and knowing angles and, and getting in front of those guys to make post entries difficult. Uh, battled a few minor injuries here, so his offensive numbers haven't been. Uh, as good as I think they will be over the course of the season, but uh, he he can really compete for us and do different things. He's good off the bounce. He shoots it pretty well, um, but it really just has a knack for the basketball to be able to rebound. You know, he had seven steals in one game already this season and just uh, does a really good job with that. And then another guy uh, that's similar to that but in a different way would be uh, our starting forward in Keegan Savory. I mean, he's undersized but he just battles and competes. And he's a guy, you look at his status, you probably wouldn't even think twice about him. He's averaging 2.6 points a game, uh, but he just brings tremendous value to our team and program. Uh, he's an everyday type of guy, never any maintenance, and it really is all about the right things and trying to win basketball games. Coach, I'm looking at your uh, stat sheet, and it, you have over 10 or 11 guys that have played more than uh, 10 minutes a game. Is that your intention to go deep? Or is your, have you been you know searching for the right lineup? Yeah, it's a combination of both, Bill. I mean, just coming into the season, you know, we already referenced this once. You know, everybody was new to me, whether they were a churning guy or an incoming player. I was still trying to learn who they are, what their strengths are as a basketball player, you know, who they fit best with with the other guys on our roster. So, you know, coming into our first couple games, we, we really didn't know who our top, you know, 10 guys were. Uh, I think we had all 
as a staff, there were four or five guys that had really established themselves, you know, kind of in the mix and in a different conversation. And then there was another seven or eight guys really trying to fight and battle for the next four or five positions of, of standard rotational guys. So it just took a little bit of time um, to try to see who we thought those guys were that were going to give us the best opportunity to win basketball games. And uh, over the last four or five games, we've started to narrow those things down. Um, but at the same time, we have to have to be understanding that guys – um, who were new to the program this year, um, trying to get adjusted to Mount Marty, get adjusted to the city of Yankton. And it may have taken them a little bit longer to, to get comfortable, so we have to continue to evaluate them in a practice setting uh, to see who might be able to give us the best opportunity to win basketball games here in the GPAC. So, Coach, you've, you've assembled a team. They've done well to this point. i got bad news for you. It's not getting any easier. Uh, over the next three weeks, you have four games Two of them are against top 20 teams. Talk about what the keys are for you to compete in that G-Pack. Yeah, I mean, I I was already um, looking at that schedule a little too much, so I'm not happy that you brought that back up. But we all know <laughs> the G-Pack is a tremendous league. And it's, a, it's a great thing because if you can find a way to, to navigate your program within the league, you know that on a national level you've got an opportunity to compete with almost anybody as well. On the flip side of that, um, what's scary is you can have a really nice group of players and have a pretty darn good team and still struggle to win basketball games in this league. So for mm-hmm. us, it's going to come down to um, continuing to grow and develop. I know every coach is going to say that every season, but in year number one, as we're trying to put things together, it's a new league to me. Um, every player is new. It's just going to take us a little bit of time. So um, I'm just hopeful that we don't get ourselves buried here in the first semester before we have a time to really figure out who we are and what our best strengths are, because I, do, I am I am very cautiously optimistic that once we get to January, um, we're going to be a significantly better basketball team than we are right now. So uh, I guess getting back to your initial question there is how do we find a way to compete night in and night in the GPAC? It's going to be extremely difficult because we've got a lot of really good players. Um, there's veteran coaches who have won a lot of basketball games at a lot of levels who know um, how to find some weaknesses in everybody's systems. Um, so we're just going to have to find a way to battle and compete and um, protect our home court. You know, we lost the first one on the road at Northwestern, who's a storied program and has a really nice group. They shot the basketball well. They made big plays. Every time we made a run at them, they had an answer. So mm-hmm. tip of the cap to them for that. Uh, but we have to be able to do that same thing on our home court and then find a way to steal a couple of games on other teams' courts and see where we land when the season's over. Well, everybody's going to have trouble in the GPAC, not just you. Even Dakota Wesleyan went over to Dort last night. Uh, came within an eyelash of getting beat over there, just Ty Hoagland pulling one out of his hat. If you haven't seen that replay, everybody in the gym knows he's taking it to the hoop, and he still gets there with a running left-hander. So Dakota Wesleyan gets threatened on the road as well. So it's, it's just going to be tough. And then Jamestown got got played very tight uh, on the road over at uh, oh, uh, Valley City. So Valley City, yeah. Yep. Every, every night's going to be tough. I guess that's what I'm trying to say. Yeah, I mean, in college basketball, anytime you go on the road at your conference, it doesn't matter how, who you're playing. There, there's just very few to any gimmies in college basketball, so you've got to uh, be prepared to go battle and compete, do things at a high level, because if you don't, um, you're probably not going to be happy with the result at the end of the night. Well, Coach Lawrenson, is there anything else uh, you'd like to, to say to your fans here on this interview? Well, I just appreciate, uh, you know, the, the fact that you're trying to highlight NAI basketball and small college, um, you know, at the small college level. There's a lot of tremendous players and tremendous coaches 
um, that have worked really hard over the course of their careers. And um, there's some beauty in having that uh, anonymity of not being in the in the media and the public eye, but it's also um, for some of the coaches who have put in a ton of work and do a great job, they deserve the recognition. And then ultimately, uh, the young men that are in the programs at the NAI level are, are really good basketball players. So just thankful for what you're doing uh, for the NAI level, and I'm looking forward to uh, compete in the GPAC and getting to know the, the coaches and the people around this area even better and seeing what we can do. Well, Coach Lawrenson, thank you. That's Todd Lawrenson, head coach at Mount Marty. They compete in the GPAC. If you live in that area, get out and get your season tickets. If you live anywhere in the GPAC, get out and get your season tickets because this is the best entertainment value in America. Thank you very much, Coach Lawrenson. Hey, I appreciate you having me on and have a great day.